Electronic Specifier. Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from Electronic Specifier Insights. The current situation around coronavirus is creating challenges for everyone in every industry. We're all getting used to different methods of working as the lockdown around much of the world shows no sign of abating and we all continue to work remotely. Engineers, of course, are no different. And for this podcast, we caught up with Keith Perrin, Industry Director for Electronics at MSC Software Corporation, a global leader in computer-aided engineering simulation software and services and part of Hexagon's Manufacturing Intelligence Division. Up for discussion was the company's recent announcement that it will provide its customers with free offline licensing and remote access options to help them remain productive while working from home as COVID-19 closes customer offices around the world. In the past, remote working has posed a challenge for the manufacturing industry, with many of its tools and processes being rooted in old-fashioned workflows. However, the COVID-19 mitigation measures, which have led to vast swathes of the engineering workforce forced out of the factories and and offices has driven the need for more flexible distributed modes of operations. So without further ado, I'll hand over to Keith to explain a little more. So I'm responsible, as uh, I think it was Rachel earlier said, um, for electronics industry at uh, Hexagon Manufacturing and MSC. So MSC software uh, has for many years been producing engineering software. Most of it's designed for designers and engineers to predict how their products or even processes are going to work in the real world digitally. So, for example, the aerodynamics on a car, we can calculate that digitally before we get anywhere near putting the car in a test rig, or how the car handles, for example, in the automotive space. In the electronics space, it might be uh, the cooling around a, a particular piece of electronics or how that electronics is going to withstand uh, vibration temperatures. We're part of Hexagon, uh, our parent company. Um, there, we have a whole range of additional software for the widest sphere of engineering, production, uh, design and quality, uh, and they're able to, um, rather uniquely actually, marry, uh, I guess, the digital world with the physical one. So, for example, we can scan in models, uh, physical artifacts off the end of a production line, bring them into the digital world, and use that as a basis for design modification, as a simple example, or perhaps reverse that. So, I think uh, Hexagon's got a history uh, going back quite a while, and we're rather unique in our industry, I think, uh, bringing that together. In the electronics world, our biggest customers include the likes of the Nikon, Panasonic, General Electric, Mitsubishi, Samsung, Max, those kind of guys. Uh, they use quite a range of capabilities across that, that kind of continuum from design, where somebody's trying to figure out you know, how a circuit might work or a PCB might be designed or the enclosure in which it's in, right through to engineering, where we've got to figure out how we are going to make those great ideas work predictably, right through to manufacturing, where we've got to make millions of them, and then into the quality area, where we've got to make sure that uh, what we're actually producing is what, what we need. That's us at a high level. Does that make some sense? It does, yes, indeed, indeed. And so, so what, what kind of the key clients do you work with? I know the original information that was sent out mentioned the likes of Ford and Airbus, so quite sort of you know, high-end companies. Definitely. So in the biggest theme of things, outside of the electronics world, uh, Ford and Airbus uh, Boeing, General Motors, they're some of our biggest customers. They're using us across uh, the wider sphere of what would go into a car or a plane. So that can range from the electronics in your case right through to the airframe. Uh, in the case of Airbus, uh, also the way, well, I mentioned aerodynamics, whole flight uh, control systems, the flight behaviors of the aircraft, fuselage, the wings, the nacelles, the engines, and so on, uh, all can be simulated and design, help design with our software. And so we do quite a lot of that. So as you imagine, there's a natural fit across many of these industries. Electronics is interesting because it's 
it's in most industries, right? Increasingly, yes. in most industries, yes, we're all developing smarter products. I, mean, uh, I met a furniture company recently. They were trying to make smart furniture. Imagine turning up at a desk and the desk <laughs> recognizing you, <laughs> and it adjusts the height of the desk and adjusts the seat to be where you want it to be. Uh, was what they were trying to do. So, um, yeah, a lot of growth in electronics uh, across all of these industries. It's just a, a kind of funky example there. But, uh, yeah, electronics was growing rather nicely, generally. Indeed, indeed. And in terms of these free e-learning and work-from-home licenses, what are the kind of the nuts and bolts behind behind those and what exactly do they constitute? Well, so a lot of what's going on there is actually a continuation of a theme that we have, uh, particularly MSC. Unusually uh, amongst our industry, we have a rather unique way of licensing our software. Uh, we call it MSC One. It's, it's essentially a token license so, that you're buying. So what you can do is use that token against any number of our products. So as you can imagine, we have quite a few products. Uh, they are useful at various different times in that design life cycle, the, the life cycle of the product or process that's being defined. They're also useful in, in different ways. They, they provide different aspects of what's needed. So what we find is people want to use them at different times flexibly when they need them, and they don't want to be bothered having to buy separate licenses each and every time they have a need. So this, this token system allows them to flex. So, for example, I can buy some tokens that are used on one product one day, and I can flip almost literally the next day, or maybe even at the same time, to use those same tokens on another product. So they operate across our product sets that way. That finds me quite useful, especially right now. People are looking to use what they have more flexibly. So that's where the work from home, amongst other things, came in. Um, not only do they want to be able to move their resources around, which is essentially what they're doing, and they move uh, like that token from one product to another. They also want to move license, if you will, or the rights to use that software to home, to the cloud, to another site. So MSC One allows them to do that. So what we've done with this work from home idea is extend that idea so that it removes any you know, somewhat obstacles in getting somebody working from home. Right? So that's what's happened. I'm sure you've noticed We've been certainly watching them, certainly uh, some of the recent PMI figures for manufacturing worldwide. There's a lot of companies out there focusing more on the most pressing needs that they have, some of the more core operations. They've got to stabilize their, their operations and start to preserve cash. So they're really looking to save money. A lot of the times, moving home, moving, that requires us to move from a physical interaction that we may have had in the past mm-hmm. to more of a digital one. Uh, we've got to help them start utilizing what they've got today more flexibly so they can twist and turn and work their way through it. We've got to help them. Actually, I mean, going back to that MSC1 idea, that's putting a lot more focus on that sort of idea with our customers with MSC1 rather than, you know, buying a traditional license and having it locked down on a particular machine. I mean, those ideas are somewhat archaic anyway, but I think this particular thing that we're going through right now with COVID is really putting a lot of pressure on that idea. So mm. hopefully that explains some of the background and nuts and bolts of where we're going. I think the Indeed. latest idea is just the late one of the elements that we're uh, putting in place to support it. There's actually quite a few more elements around it that are needed. Of course, you can imagine it's not it's not just a licensing thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a bit more that needs to happen, which uh, if you're interested, I can go into a bit more depth. There yeah, yeah, well. please do. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great, yeah. Uh, what, what I was going to ask is, is this something that would that you guys have had the capability of previously and it's just been pushed to the forefront because of the because of the current crisis or is this something that you've that you've had to develop and put in place in response to COVID-19 ah, outbreak? Yeah, great question. Um, so we had the core capabilities before. 
what this has done is, as you say, is, is it well, kind of we've been asked and encouraged to bring it to the forefront more, and we've accelerated some of the things we're already doing. Uh, and there's some things that are going to continue in the background that we haven't announced yet, which will also be accelerated. This isn't the end. So, you know, had them there before, MSC One has been around, honestly, off the top of my head, a couple of years now, at least. I've been at MSC two years, and it was here when I joined. So prior to that, at least two, three years then. What has happened is that it's forced us to look more detailed at some of the nuances and in some of the detail to make sure that all the restrictions, as much as we can, are removed to enable somebody to really succeed with it. And that's what we've been doing. So, for example, uh, the work from home thing is, is a natural one, right, where we'll relax some of the uh, condition, uh, sort of background checks that we'll do to make sure that people can get access to them. It doesn't always require some VPN magic to go on, for example. We're also making our staff more available, right? So simple things like that. So, or, or our training material. You know, we've opened up our training material online to folks. Uh, we've seen a good uptake on that. We can track that, see what people are doing. Um, interestingly, we've seen a greater uptake in Europe and Asia than we have in the US, which actually surprised me. I would have thought it would be the other way around. I'm assuming that because Asia and Europe locked down earlier, that's why we've seen the uptick and that the US has really yet to um, embrace the full working from home ethic, perhaps. But that's an example, online training. Uh, we've also seen uh, a need for our guys to be open as well. So the, the technical staff that we have, um, rather than visiting people physically to advise them and help them on how to use our, our software for you know, whatever challenge they're doing, um, we've started opening up clinics more and more, doing online learning sessions, lunch and learns, uh, coffee mornings in one case, right? So it's not just a question of licensing. There's actually quite a bit more that we've needed to wrap around it to make things happen. So it's just one element there. I actually think some ways where the way we announced it, being a bit of an engineer, I kind of think, well, we've had this for ages. Why, you know, all of a sudden mm. work from home, we've had this one element and now it's newsworthy. Well, hang on a minute. We were, we were kind of doing this before, but hey, I, I'm not in, uh, I'm not in, I'm not in the business of press or marketing. So. <laughs> right, yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, as, as to implement something like this, I mean, is it, has it presented any, any particular challenges to you guys? Mostly in the, well, frankly, what, there's, a, there's a couple of things that spring to mind. There has been some challenges, right? The first one is, well, we're also under the same effects as everybody else. So as we try to put something new in place, uh, we're having to deal with the same um, remote access, you know, working digitally environment that everybody else's, and that comes with its own pressure. So we've had to figure out ways to be a bit more nimble and agile to get something moving quickly to be responsive. Even though the efforts added on to what we were already doing, that, that, that's, all we, that's going to be a challenge. That sort of ideal has uh, expanded to, as I said earlier, our own support staff, for example. Previously, they may have turned up on site to give somebody some advice and help. Locally, that's what, where we've been traditionally. Um, so now, uh, we've got to figure out how to get online, uh, how to set up a virtual session with somebody, share best practices in some cases, and, and give advice. In some cases, that sounds rather obvious. It's easy, right? We're doing it now. Almost, I could set up a screen share with you and it'd be no problem at all. In the more traditional world or the less secure world, that's fine. But a lot of our customers, like Airbus or like Boeing, also work for the military. So we also, there's some constraints around some of that that make this uh, a double, a little bit harder than just like, setting up a screen share session, if you know what I mean. In many cases, we're dealing with quite sensitive intellectual property, so it can be a challenge. 
Yes, well, I was going to ask, um, read various reports about the increase in, in hacking that's um, occurring over the last month or so and the issues around companies allowing their workforce to, to work remotely and, and work from home. So is there a security element here that needs to be taken into consideration? There is. We'd be foolish not to. So the good news is that, well, I mentioned with MSU one we've been doing this sort of thing for a while and we're well used to dealing with well, some of the some of the companies I've talked about earlier, and we've figured out ways to deal with it. What this has really done with those companies, uh, what we're looking at is doing it more at scale, right? So before, it may have been rather limited in scope, if you will. You know, maybe there's one guy in an office who has some special access uh, to be able to help out uh, the likes of Boeing or whoever. Uh, now we're having to figure out how to do that a bit more broadly and a bit faster, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something we've had to bear in mind. The good news is that. The extensions of doing that over and above what we were doing are for us not a massive deal because we're doing it anyway. But it has, it is something we've had to borne in mind. You know, just simply popping up on a on a Zoom call when somebody's showing you how a jet engine works or perhaps more sensitive information isn't a great idea. The people involved have to think about doing things like that before they do it. Obviously, on both sides of the equation, both sides and customers. So. so the good news is we've been doing it for years. So we do know how to do it. The, the tougher part is doing it more at scale now and doing it more often. Sure, sure. And, and in terms of the industries that you work across, has there been one particular industry that is, in terms of up, uh, the uptake of this type, this what you're offering, is has there been one particular industry that's been more proactive than than, than others, or has it been pretty? Have you seen the uptake pretty standard across the board? So we saw. I'm not, I'm not sure there's been one more than others. What we have seen is changing. So, for example, when things first locked down in China, obviously a lot of production operations started to cease. So on the manufacturing side, where they're doing active manufacturing, we thought things slowed down a little bit, right, as you might imagine. But on the R&D side, things were still cooking along. So if one of those companies had a, a design site, say, in, well, use an example, Sweden, which they do, in the case I'm thinking of, the R&D folks up at that point were still continuing to work. That was all good. As things in China opened up and things in Sweden, in that particular case, kind of start to lock down a little bit, we see the pressure moving, right? We see all of that resource that was freed up in Sweden suddenly start to lock down, but things start to open up in China. That's exactly the sort of movement of resource that we needed to support. So we've seen different patterns like that. Yeah, my own experience, very much related to electronics, did see uh, that kind of process go on. And I know it's happened in other places. I'd like to believe, and we'll see how the stats prove it out, that the more global an operation, perhaps the more and the more flexible the operation a company has, will enable them to weather this a little bit better than some others. That's sure. what I'm hoping anyway. Indeed. Indeed, <laughs> yes. And you mentioned that the, the licenses were just one element of what you guys are are offering and you intimated that you know, there was other parts to it. Can you go into a bit more detail about those other elements? Well, I've just touched on them some earlier, right? So one of the best resources that we have for customers is not just the software, it's our people. We've got one of the most of uh, the industry's most experienced uh, set of folks out there, uh, largely because uh, some of our software has been around a lot longer. I don't know if you know, but one of our softwares helped uh, the moon landings. It was originally where it came from. Right, right. So right. what was that, late 60s, it's been around. And we still got engineers who will claim to remember that as well, scarily, some of them. <laughs> um, the younger ones of us tend to poke fun at them, but hey, that's the way the world is, right? <laughs> um, so <laughs> uh, there's a lot of experience out there that we provide to our customers. Um, with us, it's not just a question of throwing software at the problem and expecting a customer to get on with it. And, and I think right now that's, that, that, that's a really good trait to have uh, because 
we can help the customers get through this as well, help them uh, focus uh, on some of the challenges and help them through it. You know, when you're at home, you don't have access to all the resources that you would have had perhaps in the office around with some of your colleagues. So we've helped in support with that. So some of these things like clinics or how-to sessions or online quick starts or jump starts, many of us call it, that's really helping. The online training material as well is quite important. The training material we provide is not just a question of learn this as you get up to speed with the software to begin with. Usually it comes with a whole bunch of best practice as well. So as you're trying to, say, research a particular new problem, maybe with a piece of electronics or on an aircraft, you often have to go back to that same resource to see how somebody else did it, for example. So that sort of material is quite useful, for example. So there's the personnel side of things, desperately important. In addition to the licensing as well, though, there's um, the availability of where this runs, right? So the, the work from home bit is a function of people using, taking home the license, perhaps using on a laptop or something like that. Now, we've seen the other side of things where perhaps we're using a different data center or move it to a different computing cluster or move it to the cloud. So we are seeing a lot of those conversations starting to come up as well. Right, so the moving it around to different data centers and different clouds is perfectly fine. We've been able to do that for a while, but that's also quite important uh, that we're able to help customers do that easily. So hopefully that makes some sense. Indeed. And in terms of your competitors, is there anybody else? A, do they have the capability to, to implement something that, that's similar to what you guys are doing? And, and are, they? are they? Are they kind of following suit? Um, I think the industry as a whole is responding really well, actually. I've I, I got to take my hat off. I have seen our competitors stuff. I haven't been paying too much attention to it, honestly. I was looking at one this morning, so because I think you might ask me. I've seen a good response generally. I like to think, obviously, we're slightly better placed. It's unusual for our companies in our industry to have that token-based licensing where you can you know, use, the soft, use one piece of software one day and then flip to use the same software, to use a different piece of software the next. Right, for the same amount. Mm. Most traditional software, you, it's a bit like buying a book, right? You'll buy a book well, if you want this other book, that's going to be that's going to be another I don't know whatever it is, whatever it costs, right? And you keep buying books, and the books sit on your shelf. Well, what we're selling is more of an access to a library, right? Versus buying a book, right? Yeah. So the ability to take a book down one day, get to grips with it, and put it back on the shelf, and pick up another book is what we're providing, whereas somebody else will try and sell you another book. I see. Um, so that it, we think is is very important idea for us. It's only been very flexible even for the, the the COVID problem. So and like I said earlier, you know, our people really very important, particularly with some of the rather more difficult engineering or research and design elements. Because of our background, some of our folks are leaders in that particular fields. Uh, composite designs, for example, is a, is a really great example where a lot of our guys have been driving R and D and research in those fields generally not just with software so they've got a lot of experience that can offer indeed and what sort of feedback have you had so far from your some of your key customers presumably in the, under the current circumstances it's been it's been something of a godsend hasn't it well that's uh we could we certainly <laughs> that's what we're seeing in fact i think we had a quote come back so i believe ford have been particularly pleased with what's been going on uh, particularly in europe they've furloughed a good chunk of their team uh, so they've had some very uh, positive things to say. Yeah, generally, the feedback has been good. We like to look at the numbers and the take-ups. You know, in the first month, I think we had 500 applicants. So it's not bad for us. I'm quite pleased with that. It, it tells us that people do want it. It is useful and people are uh, finding use in it. And we can see that in the numbers. 
with the take-up there in Europe and Asia in particular. I suspect the US will come next. Indeed. Um, what, what sort of plans have you guys got in place for you know a bit, a bit further down the road as COVID-19 crisis abates and, and we come out the other side? Are you, are you guys got any specific plans in, in place to, you know, to mitigate the challenges ahead? Um, we are looking at that, yes. Um, I think it's fair to say that nobody really knows what the other side is going to look like. Uh, I have my own beliefs. I, I am sure that the ideas of remote working, cloud and virtual assistance are going to become more and more commonplace. Traditionally, actually, we've seen a bit of reluctance in this field, in engineering design in particular, to go onto the cloud, largely because of some of the IP concerns that have been uh, outlined earlier. Yes. Uh, there's been a lot of private cloud activity, but not so much public cloud activity. Um, we're starting to get people looking at that in a different way. So that's an example of how we might embrace things a little bit more deeply in that particular area. Right? Cloud, more distributed computing, more federated computing, all that kind of stuff. I think we'll be looking at that more and more. I also think that uh, we're going to be looking at supporting our customers more and more virtually as we get used to some of these ideas and realize sort of put in place some of those best practices that we've learned in the more secure areas and perhaps expand them appropriately to others. I think we'll see more and more of that. So those are some of the elements there that I've alluded to that we are looking at, so that I will expect more and more. As you can imagine as well, you know, there's a whole bunch of ideas that we're having around supporting uh, those in hardship. And so if you are furloughed and there's no money income for you, but you are an engineer, how can we help you? The programs like that might help there. Also, um, other programs to more generally help facilitate how we get through this, right? So actually a really good example, since you're in the UK, I'll detect a UK accent. I don't suppose you saw ITN News uh, day before last. Um, I didn't, know. Well, it's just a kind of very general open question. The reason why I mentioned it is um, some of our software was actually featured on it because we'd simulated coughing in that particular case. We simulated a cough with a face mask and ITN News featured that simulation as part of a wider discussion around whether and how we should be using face masks. And that's an example of, in actual fact, I was using some engineering design software for a greater simulation. We're actually seeing that quite a lot. A lot of our staff are actually getting involved with customers involved in the COVID response to help. So another simple example in Belgium, we are, uh, one of our guys is 3D printing face masks right now for the, paper, the support that puts on the uh, face mask. And right. we're seeing a lot of that going on. I also foresee that sort of community engagement going up as well. So I think there's a lot of change still to come. I'm hoping, like everybody else, it's rather shorter than obviously. Yes, but, uh, indeed. Thank you very much for your time and insight there, Keith. That was much appreciated. That concludes today's podcast. If any of our listeners have any questions for Keith around the MSC offerings, then please share them with us at editor at electronicspecifier.com and we will share the answers on the podcast section of this website. Thanks again and we'll catch up with you next time. Electronic Specifier.